This is Desiree Summer, and you are listening to the podcast where we are talking about ways to have fun, to play more in our lives, and to find the adventures in all our big dreams and goals. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Today, I want to talk to you about belonging, and specifically, the downside of belonging. So the title of today's blog is The Steep Price of Belonging and How It Can Stop Your Dream. And I really learned this up close and personal years ago when I was interning for the summer at an interior design store. I was an interior design student, and I was sent out on a call with one of their lead interior designers. A woman wanted a new couch for her living room, and so we trotted off there with all our samples to go help her pick out a new one. Once inside her home, though, I couldn't help but notice that everything was beige. It was a literal sea of beige. Beige walls, beige carpeting, beige tile, beige furniture everywhere. So we had shown her this gorgeous, rich brown leather for the couch, to help set off the room in all of that light beige. But I could tell the moment we showed her the color that she was very unhappy. In fact, I just vividly remember her lips thinning and her being like, absolutely not. Which is fine, right? Because I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with the color beige and there is certainly nothing wrong with an all one color palette. Both can be very sophisticated, very peaceful, very calming. And if it had looked like that beige was thrilling her to the core of her soul, I would not have minded. But I have to say, it just did not look like those samples that she was grabbing were lighting her up at all. She would touch beige sample after beige sample, and each one looked... She looked unhappy with each one. In fact, the woman in front of us just did not look happy at all, despite her beautiful surroundings. She looked worn down and joyless. To me, it looked like she had this charmed existence. She had a beautiful home on the edge of a golf course. She had a manicured lawn. Everything was pristine and very luxurious. But she seemed absolutely joyless. Even worse, she seemed hostile towards the very notion of color or joy. It was as if color was a risk she couldn't afford, and I didn't know why. But I did know she wasn't the only one. Because I had already worked in that store almost all summer long, and I knew from experience that every woman in town that had the means to hire an interior designer also wanted beige. And it was all they wanted. You could mention another color, any other color, and fear would flit across their faces. I mean, they would touch the sample of some beautiful color, a wine velvet or a cognac leather, But then this war would start up inside of them and you could see it on their face. It was as if something different than the norm, something different than their neighbors or their other ladies they lunched with was absolutely terrifying. 
And I got the feeling my newest client didn't want beige because she loved beige. She wanted it because it was what every other woman in her world wanted. Belonging meant giving up who you are, and no color and no individuality was allowed. But what broke my heart was that even in your own home, behind closed doors, you apparently weren't safe from the judging eyes of your neighbors. Even in your own home, you couldn't be you. At the very end of my summer internship, like the last week, uh, mainly probably to keep me busy, they decided to let me be the buyer of the store. So as the buyer, I got to be the person who looked through all the catalogs, the stock, the websites, and order the next round of furniture. We had this gorgeous store, but it was actually three stories high. And the first two stories were the showroom, where we showcased furniture and different interior design scenes. And the third floor was the storage. And I kid you not, that entire place was filled to the brim with beige furniture. I mean, there was like gold beige, like warm beige, light beige, cool beige, dark beige. They had leather beige, brocade beige, um, beautiful, expensive cotton sateen beige, but still, (laughs) the entire thing was beige. Now, I had gone into interior design because I loved color and variety and texture. I had grown up stealing my mom's Alexandra Stoddard. Do you guys remember her? She was an interior designer in the 80s, 90s, where she was very popular. And she wrote about decorating beautiful rooms in these gorgeous floral chintzes. You know, lots of blue and green and peony pink, lilac. I had read Kelly Wurzler's um, works and seen her pictures of brilliantly green tiled rooms. So as an interior designer, as me, when they asked me to be the buyer, I just did what came natural to me. I saw a sea of beige and I went and decided we needed color. I found furniture in rich blues and bright and sunny yellows. I even threw in a few very sleek and chic grays. I was certain some of these women would hear the siren call of color and they wouldn't be able to resist. They would see something that would spark something in their soul and they would buy it. It was a (laughs) no-go. When I showed my choices to the owner before we put the order in, she said no to every single one of my choices except for one. A beautiful cottage-style side table painted in blue that looked like it came straight off the pages of a Hampton photo shoot. It was meant as a consolation prize for me and I knew that. But this obliteration of color and individuality was deeply disheartening to me. And I ended up leaving interior design completely not long after that. I realized that going forward in the real world versus my schooling meant giving people a lot of beige and making them fit in instead of helping them find a home that would express who they are. And I didn't want to do that. I did, however, learn a really important lesson about the price of belonging and acceptance for women. And more importantly, I never realized how much women were policing other women and forcing them to submit to the group in order to belong, even when it ends up making all of us feel joyless and unhappy. We end up ironing out our individuality so we can belong. And it made sense to me that so few of us as women make it to our dreams. 
We're not even allowed to have them if they're anything other than beige, if they're anything other than what's allowed by the group. But going after your dreams and living with joy, it really does often mean being unequivocally you, an individual, being different from the crowd, even standing out. And I hesitate to say it, but a lot of times it does mean going it alone, at least for a little while, until you find a group where you can belong and they'll let you be who you are. In fact, they'll love it. I do, however, have a little bit of a happy ending. That table, the blue cottage one, the one that I had gotten as a consolation prize, we had barely got it staged on the floor and it looked so good. And it was gone. It sold in less than a day. It was whisked off in a hurry by a woman with a big, very pleased grin on her face. And I like to believe that that grin was because rebelling for an authentic life feels pretty delicious. So with that, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.